Hi, it's Rudy and G with the Holistic Health Hotline. It's Friday. It's almost St. Patrick's Day. It's almost the first day of spring. My birthday's next Thursday. If anybody wants to deliver millions of dollars, let me know. Um, I'll tell you where. <laughs> uh, I'll be 58, in case anybody wants to ask that, so I don't have to answer those emails. Um, but I feel like I'm about 2003 or maybe 26. I'm not sure. It depends on the, the time of the day. But today's kind of a heavy podcast because uh, I did a radio show a couple days ago. Um, in, out of Florida, and during the course of the radio show and the, and the number of questions that were being asked, I made a statement that the host of the radio show decided was an important statement, and um, we're going to do some follow-up on that, but my statement was that my country is dying, physically, mentally, spiritually dying, and um he wanted to know, Clinton wanted to know what that really meant to me. And I said, you know, I see so much going on. And we were talking about water last week and um, what's in the water and how this sudden revelation has come about that there are drugs in our water. And I said, you know, we've been talking about this for years. We've put it into our books. We've put it in the podcast. we put it up on the webpage. Um, what things are tested for in the water and what things aren't tested for and how there are so many antibiotics and antidepressants in the water that people don't realize that they're bathing in. So it doesn't matter if you drink water or not. As long as you take a bath once in a while or a shower, you're absorbing antidepressants and antibiotics so that, and other things. So that if there was a chance that any of those medications would work on something um, as a kickstart, as something to get your, your immune system going, and they wouldn't work because your immune system is constantly being depressed by all these things going into your system. And uh, and then we talked about the mental aspects. And I said, you know, everybody is um, out for them, themselves. We're in the still in the me generation. It's it's amazing to me how often you talk to people and, and you try to bring up um, something that's going on in the world. I don't care what it is. And they always say it's not affecting me. And then when they see something affecting them that's material, like gas prices or the price of food, um, uh, which is all connected, by the way, or even the price of medications, what they do is they try to solve it for themselves. Okay, let's buy a smaller car. Let's, um, let's go to the store a different way. Let's only take one trip this year instead of two. And that does help, but it doesn't help the bigger picture. And, and it, it's it's um, it's strange to me because I grew up from my parents' generation. Number one, they were that generation is dying out, and that generation knew how to pull together. And it was a war that did that to them. It was World War Two, and following the Depression, following World War One, all those things that said we are a country and we're supposed to pull together and do these things together. And and they did. I mean, we did things in World War Two that this country right now could never do. I don't think that we have enough um, courage, number one, and certainly not enough allegiance to our country to do what our parents did in World War II, which was change their entire lifestyle, go out into the world and do what they needed to do to save the freedom of this country. And yes, there's political arguments, you know, Roosevelt got us into the war, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's just not knowing history. That's not understanding that the Germans were doing one thing, the Japanese were doing other things, and, and none of them are proud of it today. But they had leadership that promised them things, that gave them hope and faith that their generation, that their country, that their movement, that their war was going to provide things for them that no one else could provide, especially God. 
I mean, forget God, right? We're supposed to just go to war. And it is a, a, a male energy thing, so females are not let off the hook because females are, do have male energy, and, and males are not left off the hook because they have female energy. But there's this thing about acquiring more land and power and doing it with violence and doing it with, um, with imperialistic tendencies. And the Jap- Japanese were imperialistic, and Hitler was a madman. So... <clears throat> So we had World War II, and our parents' generation came together and said, you know, doesn't, I don't care if I'm supposed to get married next week. I'll leave you a note if I have to. I have to go to fight for my country. And women did that, too, not just men. Women left the homes. They, they developed daycare. Daycare wasn't around before World War II. There's no such thing. But they developed the idea of daycare at the workplace so that they could go to work. Not so they could make more money and and um, rise through the glass ceiling, but so that everybody was working together to get the common objective done, which was, you know, defeat the enemy, get out of the war, protect our country. We don't have that headset anymore. Um, mentally, we are uh, scattered and and when we try to unscatter, we come back to me, me, me. And um, we don't have a sense of community. We don't have a sense of of what is the common goal, what is in the highest and best interest of everyone, not just for me, but in everyone's highest and best interest. And so when we get into that headset, what do we do? We look for anything and anybody that uses the right words to make us feel like we have hope, like there's a future, like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Like my uncle used to say, be careful, the light at the end of the tunnel, it might be a train coming right at you. Um, and so we, 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 we rely spiritually on false prophets, on people who are telling us and making us feel what we need to feel because we are so desperate. Most Americans, I think, know that our country's in trouble that it's not just the deficit, although money always speaks louder than any other words in our country. When we hear that the deficit is in the trillions and that it has never been like this, it's higher than it's ever been, that our gas prices, our inflation are out of control, that um, that the only companies truly making money are pharmaceutical companies, oil companies, and insurance companies, we get desperate and we start seeing our homes go away because of mortgage problems and the inability to pay for those mortgages that, remember, first of all, came from greed. They came from two sides. Um, the mortgage companies that said, we're going to write mortgages for anybody because we're in this real estate boom and we've got all of these developers out there who developed hundreds of thousands of homes that are sitting empty so let's write these mortgages for people and tell them they can afford them because we're going to do it on a special in a special way for the first five years or three years or ten years and then um, as things get a little tighter you know the mortgage companies are in trouble and people can't afford their homes anymore and it's it's um it's our fault because we are doing things uh, for greed we're doing them all for money and when you do things for money, you lose. When you're not coming from the heart, you do things for money, you lose. So um, we start thinking of those things and say, okay, it's their fault, and now we can't afford our homes, and so now we want hope somewhere. We want somebody to save us. And again, we're looking at the wrong, in the wrong direction. You don't look at a person who's running for office to save you. First of all, that person who's running for office is still part of a political machine. I don't care what anybody says. (laughs) They're part of a political machine. And if they think that they can change the world, 
you need to show them that they can't because we have a representative system. We have a Congress. We have representatives that are local, state, and and national. And um, so things don't happen overnight, and they don't happen according to our wishes, which means that we are not truly a democracy. We're not a republic, that's for sure. We are not represented by people who do what we need to have done because they listen to us. They listen still to the special interest groups. So all of these um, gurus out there who are saying, oh, no, this one's going to do this, and this one's going to do that, and this one's going to solve all of our problems, know your country and know your history. It doesn't work that way. Um, uh, Barack Obama said that he um, he's not going to foster... Uh, um, what do you call them? <laughs> Lobbying groups, you know. And uh, I said, then he changed his mind. He said, just the national ones. Well, the local ones are enough to put us right back where we where we started from. So what difference does that make? The lobbyists are always going to be there because they get paid. These lobbyists, they get paid by the major pharmaceutical and drug companies and oil companies to make sure that everyone in Congress votes the way they need them to vote. And if you do the history, if you do the research, you'll find out that probably a um, huge percentage, much larger than I could state, um, of these guys go out there and uh, do the same things over again by becoming company reps and doing that representation uh, as now a paid employee of the companies that they allowed the lobbies from. Um, and hold on one second. Okay, sorry. We, we're always so busy here. We've got people coming indoors and outdoors and through doors and outside and around the back of the house and all kinds of stuff, so I had to stop there for a second. But um, anyway, that's the mental side and the spiritual side. The spiritual side is even getting um, more deeply ingrained as a problem. We're sick spiritually. We, we go to church, some of us. We um, pray every night, some of us. And we believe we have faith. But... Reality meets us in the morning. Reality steps up to greet us in the, in, in the workplace or in our pocketbooks when we go shopping. And that faith that we thought we had actually goes away. True faith means you don't even think about it. You keep it out of your head completely. You're not trying to make it happen. You're not trying to find a source for your faith someplace. You're not trying to search for the answer through a person or a persona. You're not searching for the one who's going to provide you with hope. Because if you are searching, you don't have any faith. And that's what people don't get. They're so into their heads and so into themselves that they believe that if they go for a person somewhere on earth who gives them this faith and courage to meet the day that they found God. Well, yeah, God does have messengers. There's, that's, that's the truth. And there are messengers all over earth. But they don't proclaim themselves as that. They don't write books saying that they're going to provide this. And they don't provide you with... Um, a lot of manuscripts that say, because my father told me this, you should believe in me. So you have a lot of things to think about. We have a lot of things to think about. America is in trouble. My country is dying. There are many people who are mm, Native American, 
and they write me, or people who want to be Native American and they write me. There are so many people out there who, if you if you say that you, or show, I don't really say. What I do is show. I, I carry, I usually wear a pouch, but I also wear, um, it's a turquoise bear, is one of my totems, so I, I wear it a lot. I also wear the buffalo often, and uh, I dress a certain way, and I take care of my clients a certain way, and because of that, people will say, well, what are you, part Native American? Of course I am, yes, and I can prove that, but many people, everybody I seem to run into, always says they are too. Because everybody wants to be. Because they know inherently somewhere in their heart that there's a connection to earth and spirituality through Native America that isn't in our own America. That we have lost that. And so to try to capture some of it, everybody wants to be at least 116th or 124th. I've actually heard those, those numbers. In fact, I uh, just talked to somebody the other day and they said they were something like 160th Native America. I don't know how you figure that out. Um, but we were all part Native American here because we've picked up from the energy um, of Native Americans who still are connected to earth and and uh, heaven. Um, these are not the ones who were co-opted by our governments. These are not the ones who decided to sell out. These are the people who stay true to at least the basics of what Native American spirituality and belief systems are. And that is that we are connected to this earth and responsible for it, that it is our mother. And that the and that heaven or God is our father and that those two work together to constantly produce our lives, to co create who we are and how we do the things that we do. And so without respect for the earth, without respect for God, we lose. And we, sh you know, we we should be in time out, I guess, because we're not respecting those who have created us. And it is the earth and heaven who create us. It isn't us. We're not out there, you know, making mad passion love, creating things. We are co-creating, and that co-creation has been pretty messed up. We have so many people, so many parents, mothers, who are throwing children over over um, overpasses and into rivers. And fathers who are frustrated because their wives don't give them enough, who are throwing their children over into rivers and killing them. And children who are eight years old, who are going through puberty, thinking that they're now supposed to be reproducing themselves um, and being involved in sexual things at eight years old. I mean, give me a break. Who are also on antidepressants because they're depressed about their world, depressed about their future. And so when we hear a word, we hear, I'll give you hope. And we jump because we don't know what else to do when it all starts with us. It starts with our responsibilities as human beings, as parents, as community dwellers, as people who interact with each other, to start taking care of each other and and being and doing the tough love stuff. You know, if you've got somebody who's a friend of yours who is constantly angry, sit them down and get angry with them and show them what it feels like. You have somebody who's constantly depressed who's your best friend, Get depressed with them and show them what it feels like to have that person around. And then get mad. Become the spiritual warrior. Tell them. They wake up every day. I'm standing here in front of a, um, a cloud, cloudy, dark kind of sky. It's going to pour. Some people say, oh, my God, it's terrible. It's a rotten day. It's going to rain. Well, all the plants that I have out here and all the garden that we planted for vegetables wants that rain. So that's a good thing. It's not something to be depressed about. And, and I had two people yesterday who couldn't pay me. And they're going to pay me someday. And I have bills due. 
Okay, it's that time of the month. I have bills due like crazy, and I could say, "Oh man, they're not paying me. I'm depressed. I need a medication to make me feel better." Or I could say, "Oh boy, I did something for somebody. They feel better. They will feel better. They will make this world better, and eventually that payment will come back to me, and God will provide another way for me to pay my bills." Now, this is—I'm not a religious freak. I don't run to church. My church is outside. But I do have a spirituality and an unconditional love and a belief in a, in a spirit that's higher than I am. And not a person. Not a person. A belief in a spirit that is higher and more powerful than I am. Whatever you call that energy. That will get things done if I have absolute faith in that. And that is part of my spirituality. That is my religion. That is who I am. That's how I walk this earth. That's why our, our, our uh, website it's called Earthwalk. We are here to walk this earth in the best possible way. We are supposed to be channels of energy between earth and heaven. These little illuminated lights of energy and love. But we're not. We're like black lines on screen. We're like the, the, the ink leaking from a printer. Um, we don't have that channel of light anymore. And so we look anywhere for the light. We look down the tunnel where the train's coming and see a light. You know, we look at the big screen television and hope that the light comes on. We do all those things instead of looking for the light within, which is um, hard to find now, I think. I think it's so clouded with with uh, medications and pharmaceutical drugs and all of the herbicides, pesticides, and carcinogenic uh, chemicals that are in the water, that are therefore in our food, are therefore in our bathing water. It doesn't matter if you cook them. It doesn't matter if you, you know, you wash your vegetables and then cook them in, in chlorinated water. You're causing chlorine gas to fill your home. I mean, none of these things are going to change until you change the basics. Change, go back to the beginning. Find the cause of what's going on. Don't try to find a cure in a person. Don't find a cure in a, in a candidate. Don't try to find a cure in a speech. You won't find the cure there, and the cure is just a Band-Aid. You're not going to feel better, and it's not going to make your world better. All it's going to do is cause all the other problems to go around and find another way out to show you what's happening. We need a little bit of a revolution in this country, unfortunately. We need people to be strong enough and courageous enough to say, I'm not going to take it anymore. I'm not going to listen to the lies anymore. I'm not going to be fed all this stuff anymore. I am going to stop it, and I'm going to talk to every single one of my neighbors, every single one of my family members, everybody at work. I'm not a radical. I'm not a radical activist. You don't have to be a radical activist, but you need to start doing the work and quit being lazy about it. And um, if you care, if you give a shit about our country, and I'm sorry to use that on the air, but if you don't, you know, go away. Let the rest of us who are trying to do the work, do the work. And, and you go somewhere else. See if you can find a better place to live. This is the greatest country on earth. It doesn't seem that way anymore to many people, but it is. It's the greatest country on earth. I can stand here and do this podcast to you outside, outside of my home, watching the birds and seeing the sky and feeling all the things that I feel because I live in America. And everybody wants to come here. I don't blame them. My grandparents on one side came here. My grandparents on the other side came here nine generations ago. Um, but they came here with a respect for this country that let them kiss the ground when they landed on it. And, uh, and they never stopped. They kissed the ground every day with their thoughts and their, their ideas and their prayers and their energy and their courage, their belief systems. They kissed the ground they walked on. 
and we need to do that. We need not to say, oh, now that somebody's getting into office, now I like America, or now that we're kicking everybody else over here in the ribs, now I like America. Well, if you don't like the country you live in, either do something to change it that's positive and not built on false hopes, or leave. I would never leave my country. You know, my, my mother, is, she loves to travel. And she said, you need to go to Europe, you need to go here, you need to go there. I was like, nah, I'm not done yet. I haven't covered every inch of America. I've been, to, I've been to every state at least three to five times, if not more, sometimes 30 or 40. Um, I've walked it. I've hitchhiked it when I was younger. I've driven it. I've taken a train. I've flown. I've done everything you can think of to come and see all of America, and I'm still missing many parts of it. And uh, and, I, and I'm not going to go travel elsewhere until I see every inch and know the people and know the culture and understand how important and prosperous this country can be and how wonderful that prosperity and that freedom is for others in other countries to see. That's why they all want to come because they see some of it. They don't even know how wonderful it is because we're not showing it anymore. Anyway, um, that's what this is all about. My, I feel that our country is dying, and being a holistic health person, I have to look at the whole picture, and I, and I have to look at the cause, and I go right back to us. We are the cause. We got lazy. We got apathetic. We allowed others to take our power away. We've become disempowered by pharmaceutical companies, by the government, by insurance companies, by money. We've gotten disempowered, and I want my power back, and I want to empower the people who care. I want to give them that power back, to understand that you do have the power. You are Americans, and you can make this country great again, and you can help it to heal. And it's it's really not that hard. It's, it's the same as the books that I write. It isn't that hard. Everybody thinks everything is so hard and complicated. I'm not educated enough. I don't know this stuff. I don't know anything about this. Well, listen and make it simple. It really isn't that hard. Stop believing in false things and stop believing in, in uh, the government's ways of doing things and start believing in yourself with a connection to a higher self and your connection to Mother Earth. I'm sorry. A little bit of a sermon today, I guess. But for those who need sermons, I have to provide them once in a while. I uh, have to go now. Be back on Monday. And uh, you all have a great weekend. Know that, that spring is coming. And the aurora borealis, which is a geomagnetic phenomenon that happens at the poles, especially the North Pole, is happening right now and can be seen almost um, almost all the way through Canada at least so that's an indicator that spring is on the way for sure um, along with the fact that I have robins in my yard and they're usually about 500 miles south of here so they're on their way north and that's a good sign so we're all going to get through the winter and um, we're going to do it well let's hope we get through the rest of the year the same way I'll be back on Monday this is Raina G go to earthwalk-usa.com spread the word and get the books and do your work And know that you're loved. Thanks for listening.